Um, how, how well do you guys know the English language? Well, I speak it. Right, but like fun facts, history of it, that kind of stuff. Um, not like how well can you speak it? Like, I probably know fun facts, history better than I speak it. Ooh, all right. <laughs> so then I'm going to ask Decoy, and then I'm going to have Rudy go second. All right. Do you know why the British spelling of words like color or whatever saved the U? Okay, oh, this is interesting. No Are you asking this? Because I, I at one point said something in an endgamer was like <laughs> saying, why am I using a U? Because I'm from Canada. So we... Ah, okay. Yeah. So, all right. So let's have, let's have Dequay go first. And then, and no, then have... you can tell us the real answer. Well, I don't. I have, I have no idea why that's <laughs> the case. Like, it's because this is one of those things that was opposite. I would say it's because they don't know how to spell, but they invented the language or something like that. So... Yeah, I have no idea. Ooh, all right, Rudy, do you know? I am not entirely sure. I'm trying to think about it because, like, color, neighbor, favor. Yeah, all these ORs. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. am not entirely sure. No? All right, well, let me ask you this follow up and then we'll see if this triggers uh, anything in your brain because this game is spelled, like, incorrectly. Uh, at least like for from like a North American maybe or maybe just a United States perspective. Um, so I'm, I was like looking into like why this was spelled wrong and stuff and I didn't find anything that was very satisfying, but it made me think about that like OU stuff. So do you know why they spelled the game wrong? Yeah, well, so this game is actually like as popular as like weird one-off board games are. It's, I feel like it's more popular in yeah. Canada than in the States. And I think I'm it pretty is pretty sure I'm pretty sure the publishing company is French, if I'm not. Yes. Mistaken. Yes. So, um, but I, I'm trying to piece that together because that's still European. But from what French I know, Corridor, yeah, Corridor would not have the U in the pronunciation of it then. Is that your hypothesis? Um, so, so well, hold on, let's see what Decoy has to say. I have absolutely <laughs> nothing to say. I don't know any, I don't know French. I don't know, I don't know why, why use got dropped in American English. I have no clue about any of this. There's, there's an homage to the French version of like the French words. Uh, and I think, um, and this might be like a, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the U is saved in those words as like an homage to the original spelling that the words came from since English wasn't the first language that existed. And I'm pretty sure that uh, like, like Rudy said, the designer uh, is French. Uh, like the, the game is so, cause when I saw this game for the first time, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And also it's totally spelled wrong. Right. But actually like it's spelled right because it's like, dating back and homaging to the like original shit from like historically ages ago. I just thought that was really fascinating. I was like, Oh man, this game's got like a little nugget of, in of like history in it. You know, the other yeah, thing, yeah. which might be obvious because the word corridor is a word that people use in English, but that is of right. course the word for hallway in French. Right. And all their ever games. Well, not all their ever games, but I'm pretty sure a bunch of their games that are like this, like these small little like, perfect information games all start with the mm -hmm. letter q <laughs> so they're just really? basically <laughs> changing out the c for a qu and making it's, it into the hallway game essentially it's pretty dope i mean 
like I don't know. I just think like knowing that now makes me like this game even more. You know, when I looked into this, I was like, dude, what? That's so fucking badass. Like, so decoy, you fail. I'm going to keep score. Decoy usually beats me in stuff. So, (laughs) Uh, well, not everything. We did play. We did play that one game, Dominion, trying to do a bingo, and uh, I finished like minus two hundred (laughs) points. Oh well, that's because you did the minus scoring thing, right? Like yeah. finish with a negative score, yeah. Yes, but it's who still can get the lowest counts. negative score wins, right? <laughs> yeah, something I feel like, like that. I still have yeah. the lower score. Yes, because you, you actually finished with like minus fifty or something. Yeah, I, I was be trying this correctly. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, was, I was about uh, to say this. This you don't always. I, I don't always beat you in in things. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I try to do as bad as I possibly can. Well, that's because <laughs> you will just throw shit at the wall if things aren't going your way. Yeah, I feel like that says something bad about me as a board gamer. No, no, you're just playing to your other outs, or you're just saying YOLO, man, come on. No, it makes things more creative. Like, you end up finding solutions that no other player would end up coming to, because you're like, well, all else is lost. Let's just try this thing that won't work. And then when it does, everyone's like, oh, he's actually a genius. But we all know the truth. What's the truth? What's the truth? What's the truth? What's the truth? Um, um, I think it's self-evident, but Decoy <laughs> is a, a bit of a bumbling fool when he plays board games. But the truth comes out, ladies and gentlemen. a podcast about board games and today we're going to be talking about a fun little game called corridor with a q more on that in a second but first some introductions the man laughing as you can hear um is mark say hello mark what's up you guys hello um and i'm decoy uh, we are the hosts of the show today we also have a very special guest an extra special guest a oh, yeah. staple oh, of the Weird Root community. A guy who has a lot of history with our subject of the day, Corridor. And mm-hmm. honestly, one of the friendliest people I've ever met. Say hello, Rudy. Oh, shucks. Now I'm blushing. Ah, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> uh, yes, him. indeed. De- decoy <laughs> is always so mean. So, like, this is just the whole other side of him I haven't seen before. Touche. That's fake news. I've never been mean in my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm the kindest, kindest, gentlest soul you will, you will, ever, you will ever encounter. Ah, as he notices that there's a knife just right there that's going to bleed out, you know, right before you forget. You don't realize what's done, what's happened, and then you don't know it was him, right? Yeah. Yeah, the knife knife is for defense, not offense. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm pumped to talk about this game. Um, Rudy, uh, Decoy has mentioned uh, just now that you're sort of like the connoisseur of Corridor. Um, So I think a great way to start would probably just be like, your initial thoughts on sort of like just this game and why maybe you like it or why it struck you or, you know, how you grew to know uh, about it like so well, because I am a new person to it. And I think, Deco, if I'm not mistaken, I think you are as well. Like, I think when we mentioned that we wanted to cover it, I feel like you were like, I've never heard of it, maybe. Yes, I've never heard of this before. We I thought, yeah, yeah. So I, I happened to I happened upon it accidentally and then talked about it with Decoy. And then Rudy was like, I love this game. Yeah. So Rudy, what are your uh, initial just thoughts on this thing? 
Yeah, so I think for this game, to give a bit of history, is like, this is the board game I loved before I knew I loved board games, which ah. is kind of interesting um, because it's really quite a simple game and it's like this perfect information game. We'll probably get into it a bit later mm-hmm. exactly what that means. It's really simple. Like when you get into the eggs of, the, eggs of it, it's like you either move your piece or you put down a wall. So right. I learned this, like, I don't know, maybe when I was like 10, 12 years old. Oh, so, nice. Heck yeah. um, because it was just one of the board games that was in my house when I was growing up. Right. And so like people have their monopolies. They have like one of those 10 game in one sets. And then they have like Clue and a whole bunch of other games. Right. A lot sure. of the ones that you've talked about. So we had all that, which are like fine enough games, but there's not a really a whole lot of meat to them. Mm-hmm. Not saying that about like chess or checkers, there's a good lot of meat about them, but they're sure. a lot more complicated. But this game is like really, really simple, really, really interesting, like in a theoretical standpoint, because you're building this maze as you go along. And I, know, right? I think it just really caught me like every single time, like I would be begging my family, like my siblings and my parents to play this with me. And uh really really caught my attention and it's like a beautiful game too like for as simple as it is like it's like a fancy chess board like it's this nice wooden board with these wooden walls and wooden pieces and yeah it's very chic it's like it's eye-catching for as simple as it is like they put the production Mm -hmm. quality into it um so I would play this quite a lot when I was younger and then I probably like took a step away from board games for like a good few years and then didn't yeah. come back into it until I eventually got introduced to Catan, which was my real gateway board game into the board gaming industry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I like that, what you've just said strikes me similarly. Only difference would be, I didn't learn it when I was 10. I learned it when I was like 30. Um, but, a, but a similar, like I had the same sort of, interaction with it like i saw it and i was i mean my first thought was that's spelled wrong and it looks kind of cool <laughs> and you know what i mean so i was like i wonder what's yeah. up and uh the other stuff that was around it we played it and we had played maybe three or four other games that were about 30 minutes max each uh like in terms of like how long they might take to play like you know we, uh, we were there for a couple hours i'd say before we like went to our dinner spot and mm. uh this is the only one that we wanted to play again right away and we had like all the other ones we knew, you know, so we're like, okay, we'll try this one. We'll try that one. We tried this one and we didn't play another one after that. Like you, everything you said, like the, like the production quality is probably honestly too good for what it is. Like, yeah. to be honest, <laughs> it does not need to be as good as it is. Right. Um, and like the replayability was awesome. And the different strategies that you can like explore were surprisingly high for the level of simplicity that the game is. Uh, the speed that you could play was crazy fast. Like, I was blown away that you could finish a game as quickly as you could and still also have those other things like also be true. It yeah. like, it was like, I don't know. It was like an enigma. I was like, damn, what is this game? Right? Like, Oh my God. And then I feel like, and maybe you can speak more to your experience with it. But when I showed it to you, I feel like I remember you similarly having like a, Oh, this is pretty cool kind of reaction. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't really know what to expect from it, but I just looked at it and it's very, very simple. There's, two pawns or four pawns if you're playing with four players and then there's a bunch right. of wooden tiles and you just put that's all the all the pieces in a board and you just put them on the board and that's kind of it so right <laughs> for, at first blush i'm like there's not like a lot going on here when you just look at it and then you start playing it and realize that there is actually quite a lot going on 
because the the amount of combinations of different things you can do, there's a lot of strategy. And it actually yeah. is the type of game that I tend to gravitate towards, which are games that are very simple or easy to play or straightforward to play. And then you have to do mm-hmm. all the work in your head. The game is actually taking place mentally as you're thinking through all the possibilities and what your opponent is going to do. Right. So yes, I like this game a lot because it hits me right in that in that in that spot of type of games that I like. So like I think what you said, Mark, really like hits it in the like out of the park. Like it's right. a 15 minute game and right. you finish playing it and you're immediately like, oh, okay, I see what I did wrong. What could I do a little bit differently to do like just slightly better? And there's so right. many ways you can make those little tweaks that I think it's just like thought provoking in that way. Yes. It's very thought provoking. Like I'm still right now, like we're going to, we're going to have to play when we finish taping. Cause like <laughs> I, even now what you said earlier about the strategy stuff, cause I think you probably have the, the like deepest strategic uh, relationship with it of the three of us, just cause you've had more time with it. Right. Um, and even that little, like, Oh, you, if you block your own, like, cause, so I guess we should talk about the game actually for a second. Uh, and, like <laughs> what you actually do. Right. So, um, cause I think this point will like ring a little clearer in a second. So, you have a nine by nine grid, as Rudy mentioned, uh, and you've got a pawn that's uh, on the center of one of the like back lines. Uh, so there's four to the left and four to the right, and you're on the center one. And then your opponent's on the exact same space opposite. Um, is it three? Can you play three players, Rudy, actually? Or is it always two or four? It's two or four, yeah. Two, I thought so, because I was about to say that third player would, ha- would be a little awkward uh, if they were like going towards, towards <laughs> no one, you know? Um, and the object is really simple. So you're just trying to get to the other side of the board and you make a move uh, and then your opponent makes a move, right? Easy enough. Um, and the, the twist, as Rudy has mentioned and as Decoy has mentioned too, uh, you can choose to either move uh, any like directional, cardinal direction. So you can go you know, north, south, east, west from your perspective. Can't go diagonal. Or you can place one of your tiles and they're limited, right? So two player game, there's 20 tiles total. So each player gets 10. Four player game, each player gets five. Uh, and the tiles block stuff, right? So, and uh, just to speak to this sort of theoretical thing that uh, made me laugh in the game Mousetrap, uh, which may or may not, uh, I don't know how many listeners uh, are as amazing as Rudy and listen to everything. Um, I talked about how, and I think all of us did actually, how like truly magical it is that you're building the trap that kills you. Uh, and in this game, it kind of strikes me a little bit in that same way although it's actually good because like you're sort of building the maze that you need to escape from as you're trying to escape um because when you place the tiles you're blocking different pathways right which Mm -hmm. i mean you could like box you can't box yourself in but you can pretty much like totally like screw yourself because you're like oh dang i now i got to go all the way around the wall you know (laughs) it's crazy (laughs) yeah i'm actually super glad you brought up mousetrap because it's almost like the perfect version of Mousetrap in a very similar yeah. way. Because yeah. I, I wanted to bring this up at some point because you finish the game and you end up having this like piece of art that's pretty much unique to yeah. your game of these walls and stuff. And it like how that is basically a story that's sprawling out over the course of a game. But you can right. be building something and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to block decoy here. And then someone places a wall where you don't expect it. And you've actually right. blocked yourself. <laughs> so it, it literally is building the trap that's going to kill you a lot of yes. the time. <laughs> and uh, in case our listeners didn't remember, Mousetrap's at the bottom of this list. And uh, I, yes. I have a I have a sinking feeling that this is going to land above Mousetrap. 
I was about to say, yeah, this is a guaranteed <laughs> better than Mousetrap at least because it's at least like more episode. fun. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, so that's the you know that's the rules. I mean, that's pretty much it. You um you can't. There's one thing that's in particular. That's probably the third rule. Uh, you can't uh, block a character completely out of being able to escape. They have to have a path to the destination, right? Yeah. So. Um, you can block off one of the two paths that they might go on. That's fine. As long as you're not blocking, you know, someone else. Um, but both players have to, or all four players have to have a path, uh, out of the maze. Right. So that could be really like not optimal. You could have to backtrack 10 spaces and then turn and then go around a huge long wall that like you didn't foresee, mm -hmm. but you still can make a path and that's allowed, but you can't like literally box them in. Right. Um, and yeah, uh, once you're out of tiles, you can't place anymore. So you just have to then just move one like one square at a time until someone wins, right? Um, and that's it. I mean, for in terms of like how long it takes to teach, how long it takes to actually play, like there's one thing I think we could say that's maybe negative about some games that we that would probably rank highly on a list. I know that uh, Decoy is recently trying to learn Arc Nova for the show. And I don't want to put any spoilers yes. out there on his thoughts on that, but just to kind of compare just an apple to an apple. A, a game like its value maybe is what i'm trying to say i think a game's value uh is measured in a variety of like contexts right and i personally just have this belief and i'm going to ask you guys the same question i hold a game in higher regard when it's not only like good thematically and mechanically and like you experience a good time when you're playing it but also like if it takes four hours to teach it and then another four hours to play it. And even then you aren't really sure exactly how to do something well, and you got to go back the next game and kind of do a similarly long experience until the person has internalized all of the rules and all of the different tracks and all this stuff. Like it can be a great game and that kind of sucks though. Right. And conversely, this game, we, we picked it up, had never played it, learned it in about 10 minutes, played it and we're, having a great time immediately and we're already starting to strategize with it and like that's freaking sweet that a game can provide you with that and it's quick so yeah yes. what do you guys yeah i'm looking like at all your games that you've covered so far and like mm -hmm. other than maybe like kerplunk which right. is the argument on whether it's even a game <laughs> right um, yep i know right we keep <laughs> uh, i know <laughs> um I think this is the quickest teach out of every single one of them. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. Or actually. maybe guess who might also be maybe, around. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but like out of every of every single other game, this basically has like three rules. Like you can move forward your pawn, you can place a board, and you can't block off the of your opponent completely from getting to the other side. And right. other than that, that's basically it. Like you can tell them that they look at the board. And you already know how to play and you can already start thinking about like some cool things that you can do and how you can block off paths and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's, that's magical because there's so many um, instances I feel like, cause I'm newer to games than both of you. And as a, just a newer person, just in general to a variety of like game mechanics and types, it feels good. It feels really good to be able to look at a game and sit with it. And in the first game, feel like you're doing something strategically advantageous for yourself or feel like that you're rising closer to the level of the people who you're playing with. Cause for me as a, I'm usually learning on average more games than when I sit down to play them, as opposed to maybe like you guys, or maybe the average person. And 
oftentimes I'm like, man, like I apologize for the fact that I'm learning and that this isn't going to be like the, you know, the perfect experience that it might be if I wasn't playing. Like I, I don't feel it as and like, I'm not going to play anymore kind of way, but I like, it's in the back of my mind. Like, you know, they'd maybe be doing this faster or have be have more fun or whatever, because I'm still learning. And I'm, there's this like threshold, you know, and this game does not have that at all. There's no threshold. Like game one, you start to feel like you're making some interesting decisions, you know, and that's just to, as for me, that's really, really awesome. There's something to be said. And another one of the things that just hits me exactly in the right place with a game like corridor is it's just really well designed. Like everything is as simple as it can be. And mm-hmm. it has a ton of strategic depth and stuff going on, if you think about it a little bit. And I really feel like modern board games are not going in that direction. A lot right. of modern board games are just difficult and complex because it's cool and interesting and kind of weird mm-hmm. and different and trying to be unique. And that's not always the best thing. But, like, Corridor's really good because it is a very distilled, simple, but complex and rewarding experience when you play it. Yeah. I think we're like almost experiencing right now, like the Kickstarter death of board games, which is like maybe a really extreme (laughs) way of putting it, but like there's so much fluff in like new board games that come out just because they're trying to like sell you on a concept or sell you on like the cool minis or like all these different like, interacting things that are going on in a game but like i think when you parse back a game to something as simple as this and sure it might not be the same experience as like a nemesis or a ti or even like a board game root you're never going to have the same experience as that but it's just so perfect succinct and like can play it in 15 minutes i think for that time value this is where it's at like you're getting the most worth out of your time Ooh, that's a really good element yeah like time and that's something that i think i've mentioned before on the show and i know i've I've talked to you about it for sure like some games don't respect your time that you're putting into them until a certain threshold is met like you know you start playing a video game for the first time and the you know the time spent ratio to fun there's some sort of ratio where eventually the time spent no longer is as fun or whatever. And then you stop playing it. Right. Or maybe for a board game, it could be once you've put in 50 games of dominion or 10,000 in decoys case, or (laughs) once you've played, you know, 500 games of root and you're like, okay, like I'm retired from root now. Like, I feel like we all have this sort of like, whatever, what Rudy you were just describing, like this sort of threshold where the time that it takes is now no longer seen as like as valuable to get the experience that I'm looking for. And that either means you what bounce off a game or you learn a new one, or I mean, there's all kinds of reactions to that. And this one, like in terms of efficiency, like, oh my God, it respects the hell out of your time because it doesn't waste any of it. Like you could learn it not, and you could be playing it with people who's never played it, all four of you. And you could learn it just as fast as if someone taught it to you who knew who was a, a pro, right? Like it's, it respects the hell out of your time, which is, yeah. I mean, what else can you ask for in a game, right? To respect your time and have all that other stuff? Like, dude. <laughs> yeah, and if it's not someone's cup of tea, it takes 15 minutes to play and you can move on to something and else. you're done, yeah. Yeah. Right? It's, it's very nice. Yeah, because we've all been in that case uh, where we're in that game and it's like, all right, these people love this, but like, it's not my jam at the moment or it's going. it's been about an hour longer than I wanted it to be and I can't leave yet. And like, you know what I mean? Like, and that always yeah. feels a little bit awkward, you know? 
and this one won't do that to you either, man. Like, <laughs> so that's, you know. You yeah, play it, you're like mad, but then it's over. So you you almost don't have time to have that thought even go through your head. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, it's almost like it. it's like everyone has to love it, right? Like there's no one has time to not like it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. I feel like if I pulled this out and showed this to some friends of mine who are not specifically strategic minded, they they would mm-hmm. play this once and say, "Not my cup of tea," but thanks for teaching it. It's a cool looking game, etc. Yeah, but at least it'd be over. Like it'd, it'd be it'd be done in in ten minutes maybe, and yeah. right. we'd move on to doing something else. Speaking of the strategic side of it, um, maybe Deco, I want to uh, ask you this question first. I think, and I think I want to think about it also and then i think rudy can bring in like the ultimate strategy stuff right so in terms of strategic depth um maybe like i don't know if it's how important is strategic depth to you in a game when you are coming to it i don't know if it's necessarily that question but i think it's in terms of what the game is on the surface and then the level of strategic depth that it allows you to to travel like what's your like ideal ratio if that makes sense um where like you see a game on its surface and you're like oh this has my level of strategic depth like i guess how do you know that that's what that is so for strategic yeah strategic depth i don't know how to describe this exactly but for a lot of games the first time i play them i'm generally able to figure out how long it's going to take me to get good at that game Right to where like I feel comfortable and I, I would be happy playing it. And some games like Corridor, like I'm there right now. It took one game. Like I right. did something very wrong my first game, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> right. Like, game on. I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I can kind of play the game, and it's and it's fine. Yeah. So it it's very difficult to to explain how you figure out how complex a game is. It has to do with the number of systems that there are. It has to do with the amount of actions you can take on your turn. It has right. to do with, you know, all the other things that might be unique to a specific board game, like learning new systems. It's just not the number of systems, but how many you are familiar with and how many you've seen before and how right. they interact with each other and all this stuff. Generally speaking, I feel like I have a good good feel for how long it's going to take me to really be able to get into a game. I think I can figure this out in about five games. Like, that's about how much stuff there is okay. for me that's uncomfortable. Corridor was yeah. like one game. What right. else have I played recently? We just played Takedo, which is we're also right. going to be talking. Great game. That oh my god, like yeah, I love it. Two games, like that. Yeah. That was really easy. You're just right. going on a road trip across Japan. It's great. Right. Um, what else did I play recently? We played Brass recently. Oh yeah, we played Brass recently. We we've been, we continue to play Brass. We talked. Oh about yeah, Brass, brass is fantastic. <laughs> yep. That took about like. Ten, more, like I, yeah, it's it about like, ten like maybe games like to get yeah. there because that that was a bit more crunchy, but not like crazy. Right. I played the Witcher board game. Speaking of Kickstarter games, oh right, Witcher <laughs> game, which released this year. It's on TTS, and I played that once. And for all of the systems involved in that one, that was not that hard. It's it's like, but speaking to all this Kickstarter stuff, like yeah, that is maybe what the good version of that looks like because in the witcher board game they just threw in all the systems like there's an overmap, there's deck building there's combat there's pvp right uh what else is there there's like scythe style narrative where oh. like, you go to a place and you read off a card and it's a story 
Oh yeah, like the encounters. Yeah, yeah, does. yeah, like an encounter. This has got that in it. It's got like I don't know if I said dice rolling, but you roll dot dice, and right. there's like strategic path planning because you have to go to all these different places to figure out where you're going and how to get need and resources. But it's not all that hard. All the systems are really easy. So I looked at that game like that's a ton of stuff, but I don't think it's going to take me more than two games to to learn how to play that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, w- w- sorry, I've gone on on a huge. Tangent. No, no, <laughs> what was no, your no fine. Question? I think I'm. I'm just mostly interested, like in uh, a game. Like I'm. I'm tr- I think I'm trying to find like either the ratio or the sweet spot for myself, and I'm curious if y'all are also ever on this hunt where you look at a game and you're like, this game has a strategic floor uh, of X and a strategic ceiling of Y and the depth uh, through which you can uh, attempt to find those limits is, you know, whatever amount that it is. Maybe I'm not trying to quantify necessarily, but the game is, you know, simple, easy. It's like checkers. The strategic depth is pretty high uh, compared to the like floor of entry to get into the game. Whereas like in chess or go, it's like the floor is way higher than this, like than in checkers, right? So the strategic depth is there, but like it takes a longer time to reach the point where you feel like you're actually doing a quote unquote good strategy, and that you're interested in exploring the different quote unquote good strategies in that game. And if it's like this is going to take me a hundred hours to figure out the good strategy, that's time wasted, like we were talking about before, like Rudy mentioned, right? And I'm just like for corridor, at least for me, like the amount of time that it takes to get to the strategic depth that it has and that you could go down. Like, it's like, why wouldn't you almost like, I, I think with this one, maybe more than anything else we've talked about yet so far, I think I'm going to say it. This game, I think has the most strategic depth per amount of time it takes to reach it of any other game we've ever talked about. And that is a big accolade for me that I think I'm just trying to sort of parse if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a huge hot take. That, you see what I'm saying, though? Like, because yeah. it, it, you can get very deep very quick. And I don't know that you can get very deep very quick with something as simple as this. Yeah. Like, the simplicity to depth to, like, all those things combined. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, Rudy, maybe since you know it better, maybe you can sort of back me up here. Or I'm trying completely to think, like, where... <laughs> I'm trying to think where your, like, equivalent game is as far yeah. as like perfect information games is and i'm kind of landing on like checkers okay being like around the same weight maybe Ooh, and yeah, we're gonna i talk feel about like soon. i feel like definitely like games like chess and checkers and go and stuff like that they have like very large communities around them mm-hmm. so the strategy with that builds like if people have taken years and years to study a game and be able to like explore all of these different strategies that's where you actually end up getting like really really complex weight behind it and like complex strategy behind it where they don't feel like this has that community so much i i I don't yeah i don't think so i don't i mean Um, but i don't know i've never heard of anyone playing a corridor tournament where (laughs) i'm pretty sure every (laughs) single one of those games that i mentioned does have that they have those yeah they have a community of like you know they're trying to be like people who devote their entire lives to learning those games um and maybe this game has that level of depth to it to at least like checkers mm-hmm. probably not to the level of chess or go but no i don't th- but think personally i don't think maybe, so but, but maybe checkers it has like the same amount of weight to it but it's so much of a snappy experience and it's so visual 
an effect where like you can see exactly where you made that mistake, where I am inclined to agree with you, where you're able to make that strategic like building mm -hmm. a lot faster than you can with a game like checkers. Yeah. I think that maybe is a better or a different way to say like, yeah. So decoy, what do you think now? Cause I think I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about this being like the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Return on investment, like how much there you, time go. you can spend on this game versus how much you get out of it is like totally huge. Oh, and there yeah. are some games that are going to like, you can maybe get there. Like Dominion's actually, if you start with base Dominion, Dominion's not that bad either. It's not quite at this level, but you can get farther with it probably. Yeah, I think I so that's say, the thing, like yeah. the time in and the far, the depth out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so speaking speaking to Corridor, yeah, I, I haven't heard when I was when I was when I was reading about this game. Yeah, there's no like major Corridor tournaments um, for for any perfect information game like Corridor. You're gonna compare it to like checkers, and you compare it to chess or Go or something like that. And this is on the lower end of all of those. Probably right. it'd be arguable. And one of the ways you can argue this is is, is Corridor solved. Yeah, I was so, going to ask you if you had looked you, into it. Yeah, uh, Rudy, are you, are you familiar with the the concept of the game being solved? Um, we've had this discussion a couple okay. times, and where okay. it can kind of split off into a few different definitions. But uh, mo for the most part, I'm familiar. Okay. Yeah. So, in some ways, at at the very basic level, and I don't remember the exact uh, wording for how this goes, but there's three types of ways you can solve games, and most modern Perfect information games can be solved in at least one of those ways. Yeah. Corridor is not solved in any of those ways. I was about to say, so, I don't think it's going to be in any way. Yeah, yeah. There, there is just too much for you to do. There, there are too many opening moves that that you can't like silo in a, a perfect strategy for this game. There's just too much. You have too many options essentially. Like you only have uh, how many how many possible openers are there in checkers. It's like however many uh, uh, checkers are in your front row. So five, six, five. Uh, I think like it's that. four. I think it's four yeah, or five. Say four. Okay, so there's I think it's only four. four. Four possible opening moves in checkers. How many right. possible opening moves are there in corridor? Like, oh my god, it's infinite, right? I mean, yeah, you can you, move one of three ways, move. or you can place a tile on any of the intersections. I mean, yes. there's yeah. a ton. <laughs> so how many? How many? Like you can count down the ways. It's like a hundred, let's say, roughly. It's, Maybe like more maybe less i don't know but yeah something like that there is and that's just the first move like there is no way there, there's right. a lot to explore in this game which makes it like useful and interesting even even if you end up kind of uh sinking down into like well you move straight forward probably or you put your walls in somewhere in between you and your opponent and don't put them on the sides that right. gives you enough like Focus flexibility to, maybe in focus to do yeah. something yeah yeah there's got to be so speaking to strategy um maybe rudy i can ask you first and i'm gonna uh i'll we'll see who i agree with the most maybe um do you place a tile or do you move first on average at least or maybe not what's strategically optimal or what's or whatever but like what's your preference so I'm going to disappoint you because I don't know this game strategically very well. But... Oh, that's okay. I'm not disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> in, in my mind, and I don't know whether this is true or not, 
you almost always are going to move first. And I think there's two major reasons for this. Okay. And it comes down to one, if you're putting a board in front of you, then you're going to have to move around that at some point. Ah. So if you're building your maze ahead of you, you then have to walk through that maze. Right. So it almost always, and this is not strictly true because I've gotten shot in the foot doing this in game, <laughs> right. behooves you to put your maze in behind you because then you don't have to clear that at a later time. Right. But your opponents do. Okay. And the if second, Eric, so... yeah. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The second reason is your boards become more and more, or walls, become more and more valuable the later into the game you are. Ah, yes. So if you're able to just, like, try to beeline as far forward on the board as you can, you might have to backtrack. But if your opponents are putting down boards that are relevant at that time, but aren't going to be relevant late game, then you still have all 10 of your boards to play with. And you can use the boards that they've placed down against them to build out your maze. Ah, see, and then, so this is an uh, important key, like, rules thing, too. So you have an option when you play this game. You move or you place a board. You're out mm -hmm. of boards, well, now you can just move. Yeah. So your opponent, then, if they have any left, they have a really strong upper hand against you, right? Because you can only just move, and they can then say, well, I'll move towards my end goal until I can place the one that makes you have to backtrack and you can't stall. You have to move. Right. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's interesting. So yeah, like you said, like the later you play the tiles, the better, which leads me to a like, so both players beeline. Don't they just reach the end? Like before anybody <laughs> plays a tile, like, <laughs> well, notably one player has to, because whoever right. goes first, or it might be whoever goes second. I'd have to do the counting because you can technically jump over jump your opponent. Them. Right. Um, whichever player that is will get there first. So it forces someone's hand to, to place to the board. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both players just holding loaded guns at each other. And like, I don't want to shoot if you don't, but also like if neither of us do, then <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's a really fun you, experience. Yeah. Seeing, seeing people... In any perfect information game, seeing what people do, especially yes. if it's their first time playing the game, because a lot of people will just mirror. Whatever you do, if they don't know the game, they'll just do exactly what you did. Yep. And I know, I have an aunt who's, uh, whenever I taught her a board game, she would just do exactly what I did, because she didn't, she was like, oh, you know what you're doing, I'm just going to copy you. Right, and which is a, de game a decent of, like, strategy. Yeah, that's it. when you're just starting out, that's probably what you should be doing. Like, do what other people are doing, and that's probably closer oh. than picking something out of a hat and see right. if it works or not so it it became i actually want to play corridor with her now yeah she'll pick up this game next time go <laughs> yes anyway uh where was i going with that oh like it became a thing when we were learning a game where i would try to put the board state in a, a spot where she could not copy me directly yeah and i don't yeah, know yeah. if you yeah you, you could do this with this game like once you put down a board, you can put it down in such a way that it can't be mirrored because it right. doesn't, the board, the game doesn't work that way. But mm -hmm. I've always found it very interesting to see what people do in a perfect information game. It tells you a lot about what their general strategy for these types of games are and what they're drawn to doing and reticent to do. Yeah, and it also I, I imagine, teaches you a lot about people in general, right? Like, yeah, I think we mentioned yeah. this on an episode prior, yeah. 
yeah, like when when we I forget what the what what we did when we first played against each other, but I think at one point I was just like, all right, what happens if we just charge? Like, yeah, yeah, move, and you're gonna move, and we're just gonna see what happens. Yep. And then one person was in the lead, and we're like, oh, I guess I guess we gotta actually play the game now. <laughs> actually, put <laughs> yep, up, you can't put break it barriers. <laughs> I guess we can't just like can't can't just move. Yeah. Which I think at some point I made a corridor with the C spelling for myself uh, yeah. to walk down. And then I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. Right. And then uh, I had, it was at the start. So I had like a one spot to turn right out of. And then uh, I think it was in a, this was a two player game with us. So you blocked one of those two exits and then you put one right in front of my corridor. And then I had to go back down the entire corridor I made. And I was like, oh, yep. fuck that. <laughs> that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So touche, I think on that one. I, I'm almost sad because I have this whole theory on type one and type two fun um, that really doesn't apply to corridor whatsoever, but does apply to some board but games. And on, I think yeah. it, like you play a game like that and it's like kind of bad in the moment. Like obviously like we're playing a game in magic circle, so it's fun, but you're like, ah, oh, shucks. Like decoy tricked me into doing this. And I'm now frustrated. Like the last hour I was doing all these things and I thought it'd be really cool. But now like, it all got messed up because of that. Right, right. But the whole, like, theory behind type one fun is, like, fun that's, like, events that are fun in the moment. And then type two fun is, like, the sort of things that, like, suck in the moment. But then you're able to, like, look back on it and be like, hey, that was a really enjoyable time. So, like, oh, yeah. they use it, like, for people who really like spicy food. Like, oh, like, it's miserable in the time but then you're able to like look back on it and be like, Oh, that was really enjoyable. Or like marathon runners or stuff like that. Or like yeah, yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. stuff that's like purposely painful, but, but the fun is later. It's retrospect. You get able or to retrospect. look back on it. And then there's a lot of board games where I feel like you're just doing a lot of really crunchy stuff. And like someone can do a really cool play and like mess up your entire game. And you're kind of <laughs> like, Oh, like I'm really upset that that happened. But then you're able to look back on that game and be like, oh, this really cool thing happened. Uh, that cues up a very distinct memory of the last time he and I played Dune Imperium, which maybe isn't even just the last time. It's probably like the past 10 times, he would say, uh, where I think that direct thing has happened, where I've done that to him. And he's just been like, he he says that he's like raging and furious. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, yeah, that was fun. That was a good game. And like that's, that's yeah. it makes me think of it like perfectly. Right. Because I somehow tend to like it's not even he'll, he'll he's about to like he thinks I'm memeing right now. Just in describing this, I would I would imagine because um, I'm not even like necessarily trying to uh, like do that to him. It just kind of like ends up happening. It has happened a couple of times. And I'm like, seriously, like it's sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to block him because like I need to. And then there's been some times where I just have like kind of accidentally ended up doing something that I didn't really intend at the beginning, you know, but like I kind of needed to based on what I was drawing and the intrigues I drew or whatever. Uh, and he's he said like many games of that during the game, like I'm so fucking mad right now, you know? Yeah, because every single time you do that, I have a plan and you're messing up yeah. the plan repeatedly over and over in a four player game where you can mess with someone else. Somebody else, yeah. It's just like you're choosing... Rudy, I think you were in this game. This is when you I might was have playing, been. This is when I was playing Beast, and he kept going to Fremen. Oh yeah, right, was, yep. Yeah, like I think you're you're in that game. We were playing with Salo. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like actually raging every time he went to Fremen because oh. I needed the Fremen Alliance. That's obviously the one that I'm going for because that's the one you go for as Beast usually. Yeah, yeah. And he keep, kept trying to like 
steal it for good reason but it just made me really mad i was just going there for water i promise because i was trying to like research or something like that and i didn't have access to the uh the research like the water spot on the board you know or whatever but it looks like i was being yeah that so that really i think that's really uh poignant like the level one level two and that kind of i'm interested in like if that applies to games that are quote unquote lighter or heavier. So this game, we're going to talk about its weight in a second and we'll get into the numbers of it really quick too, before we talk about it. Um, but to go back to your level one and level two fun idea. So for this game, would you say it's a good mix of the two more so level one, more so level two, how would you sort of rate it? If you were thinking about this just in terms of like the fun you can have when playing it. Okay, so if we're going back to my board game theory there, I yeah. think as far as this game goes, out of pretty much maybe all perfect information games, this probably has the most of a level two type of fun. Okay. I, I'm i not going to... You know what? I'll say it confidently. It definitely... Hey, does. there you go. <laughs> I'm not going to go wishy-washy. Hell yeah. <laughs> because, because of what we had talked about a bit earlier, where you can be... You're setting this elaborate board up, and you have in your mind what you want to do, and your opponent has in their mind what you want to do, and even more so in a four-player game, because you can get into this position of where the board state is unbalanced, and you have those other players to help, like, team up on another player to help balance it right. you're able to get into these situations where you're like trying to build things the way you want them to and if it doesn't like quite go your way like they place a wall where you're not expecting it or you like mess up and like don't place a wall when you should have yeah yeah you can end up having to backtrack all the way around and like <laughs> that is not necessarily a fun experience at the time but you're able to look back at that and be like oh okay i see where i went wrong and this i think brings us back to the strategy conversation and you're immediately be able to be like okay so if i do this next time i play then maybe i can do a little bit better or i can win next time yeah um, yeah, yeah i think that's the that's the the trick for me i think for like i wouldn't expect i think i think this is what struck me about it i wouldn't expect something like that out of a game that is so innocent and simple and I don't want to say mindless looking on the surface yeah. of it because I don't think it's mindless looking, but there, I think there are some games where you can just sort of like judge the bot, the, the game by the box. Right. And you can be like, Oh, I know kind of what that is. And I can pretty closely accurately guess what my experience will be from that game. Um, the one that one that comes to mind is that werewolf one where like you're, it's like one, one night, a, a werewolf or something like that. I yeah. One night ultimate werewolf. Um, there you go. Yep, that one. So um, some fan members got that one for like a holiday and we played it like one day and we haven't played it since and we probably won't ever play it again. And like Rough. this kind of, <laughs> I know, right? This kind of strikes me on the surface looks like a game like that, or at least it looks like it could be a game like that, which I think mm -hmm. then means, at least for me, looking at, if I'm looking at like Target, right? or looking at your friendly local game store or wherever, and I'm looking at games of a similar cloth, like cloth, I would be like, oh, this is like that. And I would move to something different. And yeah. that's a, that's such a shame. Cause like, it's, I don't think it's like that in any way at all. You know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's, I think, I think you said it correctly, at least for me, because about to come in here and blow up our theory. Um, but I think it has more level two than any game of its class, maybe. 
No, and definitely. Then, yeah. I think definitely. Yeah. <laughs> before I let before I let decoy destroy this idea that we've created, Mark. Yeah. Um, I argue <laughs> that this is a game that's fun to lose. And I think yes. where it differs from games of its caliber, like chess or go, which are also perfect information games, is right, right away you understand the strategy when you're playing this game. Like you're right. able to look at the board and see what you want to do. And then when you fail in doing that, you're able to see what you can change to do it better. Whereas mm -hmm. in chess and Go oh. and some other more complicated games like that, when you lose them, it just kind of feels bad and you're not able to look at the board and see what you can do differently because right. that's like a few games down the line or like hundreds of games hundred. down the line. <laughs> Right. of being able to understand the strategy there whereas yeah. this game right away the first time you play it you lose and you still had a good time yeah there's something special about a game that can do that and everything else we've said and be as quick and i think part of that the magic of that that you just said is how quick it is yeah um because it's probably a little bit harder to have fun losing a game that takes 100 games to understand what's happening and the game takes two hours to play each time yeah <sighs> a much heavier load, right? Or heavier lift. Yeah, so Decoy, have we, are we totally off course here? Or how are you, no, how are you it, feeling? You got this, like, I can think of exactly one perfect information game that mm -hmm. can maybe have an argument, but I still think y'all are right. That game... Chinese and I don't checkers. Know, no, it's not Chinese <laughs> checkers. I hate Chinese checkers. I know. <laughs> There's somebody, somebody, we talked about this somewhere and someone was ready to fight me because I didn't like Chinese checkers. Oh yeah, was who was funny? I, I don't know. get your Let's hatred on Chinese checkers, honestly, but uh, I do think it's funny. I will. Was it Francis? It. When we talked in, when we talked about brass, was it Francis? I don't think so. I think it was on the forum. I anyway, can't uh, see okay. Francis being pro Chinese checkers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I can't fair, either. Actually. There's no uh... way. Um, so yes, I, I, I made my point about Chinese checkers very clear on the Chinese checkers episode. Right. Uh, suffice to say, I just think there's better games that you can play that are perfect information. Like, I'd rather play any of the other perfect information games on here as yeah. opposed to that one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I feel you. One, the one perfect information game that I think has a shot here is Backgammon. So, oh. Backgammon's mostly perfect information. I think it technically fits the definition of perfect information, because on right. your turn... Like, there are dice involved, but you'll roll the dice, and then you'll get your outcome, and you'll be able to make a decision. And you'll always make that decision, whatever your decision is, with perfect information about the outcome. You just right, don't know right. what your next move is going to be until you actually roll it. Roll and see, right, right. So, like, uh, some people might argue with me that that's not exactly perfect information. That's fair enough. I don't, it's pretty I don't close, necessarily yeah. Yeah, agree with, with it being perfect information, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Anyways... It's got the same type of thing going on where you can make a roll and you can say, I'm going to be greedy or I'm going to be very safe or sure. I'm going to go halfway. And then sometimes if you're greedy, you get punished for it if you get a bad roll. Mm -hmm. And that feels bad. But you can also like think back after the game if you like back him and say, man, I lost this game right, right at this one spot where I felt greedy. This one decision, or, yeah. Yeah. Or you can say wow, I won in spite. Like, you rolled so bad you <laughs> took me over here, I was able to come back from it, and that was really fun. If backhand is your thing. Right. For me personally, that infuriates me. I hate that. <laughs> right. It's a little thing where, like, oftentimes in that game, you will go backwards. 
sometimes it's your fault and sometimes it's not. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just roll bad. Sometimes your opponent just rolls really good and you just lose. But right. there are little pockets in there sometimes where you can look back on the game and say, man, we had a deadlock. And man, this is really hard to figure out how to get out of. And that sucked making these particular moves right when I did. But maybe, maybe you really enjoyed it. And again, I don't really enjoy it. That's not my thing. But people who play backgammon might think so. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Oh, man. See, All I don't like backgammon, said, but I, I hear what you're saying. I know. I don't like backgammon either. But it, it's, in that, it's in that category. The issue I have with it is backgammon, you never look, I never look back at backgammon and say, wow, that was fun to play. <laughs> right. Wow, I, I learned a whole lot about how this worked. My, a key my distinction. That is, I rolled, I rolled, you rolled double sixes and I lost because of that. Now I want to fight you. But right. that's, that's what that game comes down to sometimes. Yeah, it's infuriating. And this one, there's no RNG, was, bro. Yeah, yeah no RNG, Corridor no... puts the agency yeah. right into your hands. Yeah, like, yeah, if baby. you made a mistake, it's all on you. Like, backgammon gives you agency and the ability to make mistakes as well, just like Corridor does, but with the added dice component, which yeah. drives me crazy. Backgammon sometimes feels bad to play because you lost for no reason. Corridor, there you I don't go. think, ever feels yep. bad to play. Like, you lost because you made a mistake, and that's fine. You won't make the mistake next time. Everything yep. is within your control. I was about to say, that's, yep. I was, I'm glad that you thought of that, because I was thinking that, too. Yeah, and that speaks to Rudy's point, where you're having fun. Even if you lose, it's still a good time. And there's some games, maybe like this, or just games in general, where it's like, and I, mean, I think it also depends on sort of, like, your perspective on what a board game is supposed to be, right? And, like, what your, what the interaction in the Magic Circle and all that, like, you know, hopefully the idea is this is going to be fun and also we're doing something like, you know what I mean? Like you can have fun and still lose, or you can have fun and have something really bad happen in the game, but it's like, hopefully you're still having fun and you're not like now my day's ruined. And like, I hate, like, hopefully that's not your reaction to things. Right. But uh, yeah, this one, like not everybody likes losing. I don't know that anybody really says I like losing, but like more people, some people are better at losing than others. And I think that this one would be good for, and I wanted to ask this question about this game. I think this one would be good for anyone. Because even if you, like, hate losing and can't stand it and get really mad, it plays fast. You can try again. And I would argue the people that I know who aren't really the best at losing would probably have more fun losing to this game than one like a backgammon or a, I don't know, Nefetoffel or a checkers or a chess or whatever, right? Um, Which maybe that's just, like, I'm sure that's your mileage may vary, I would guess. Uh, But this one strikes me. I think because of those things in a, like it, it makes it a level up from ones that maybe are sitting next to it on the shelf at the target. Right. I think. Yeah. It, it helps that this game doesn't look like anything else. So checkers, chess, yes, Nefetoffel, they all kind of look like the same game on first blush. Like you have a, you have a bunch of pieces quick, you see them. Yeah. towards something and then on a grid. somebody yep. wins based on strategy of how they move their pieces around. This one kind of looks a lot simpler, easier to get into. I guess and it's visual, like Rudy was saying. Yeah, it's got that verticality, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's this and and Mancala. They look they look interesting and inviting, oh, and yes. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel serious. Maybe that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like oh, these, yeah. these games look fun. Mancala looks fun, and building building hallway kind of feels fun. It Maybe does. It looks fun. Yeah. I will have a question for you guys. Uh, Rudy, you know the show pretty well. Have you looked at the weight of this game? 
I have not because I knew this question was going to come up. Beautiful. Okay. So uh, you guys ponder your numbers while I give my numbers for uh, our listeners. So um, uh, this game, if you're interested, if what we've just been talking about uh, makes you think to yourself, you know what, I'll give this one a try if you've never heard of it or seen it or what have you. Um, So here are the numbers for it. Uh, Two specifically or four uh, can play, as we mentioned. Again, we've mentioned this already too, about 15 minutes playtime. Uh, I'd say add about 10 minutes to that uh, if it's like you're teaching people maybe and you've never played it before just because it might take a little bit of a, you know, it might take some time to sort of like get familiar maybe in that first game, I would say. And then after that, I think it speeds up to about 15. I think that's maybe, we, we always make this joke. I think that's maybe the closest to accurate of the times on the box because there's some yep. games where the box is like 60 minutes and you're like, dude, block off <laughs> what were they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, this one is not that way, right? This one uh, is definitely, like, close to accurate, I would say. Uh, made in 1997, uh, or uh, designed, I should say, in 1997 and produced. Um, and 8-and-up is our age. Rudy, you said it was 10 when you-ish learned it. Would you say 8-and-up is close to right, or do you think it's too young, too old? How would you See, that's going... That? It's less time for me than for you folks, but right, I feel like right. that's going back a ways. I'm trying to think how mature you'd have to be to play this game. But I feel like you could almost go younger if you have a kid that's just patient enough yeah. to like sit through it. But because it's so simple, I think you could have like a seven-year-old. I probably wouldn't go younger than that. Okay. Sit down and have a have a good time with this game. Yeah. And they might not get the but I think a, strategy, I think, but they'll yeah. still be able to play. Yeah. And like, I feel like kids like... They do mazes in their like little notebooks and stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, it's such a good theme. I remember when I was a kid drawing my Loving own mazes, mazes, and then you Heck like yeah. go and solve it yourself, and it's like just a fun little thing you do, and you're able to like encapsulate this that feeling into a game That's in a bit of sweet. a mean way, where you're like you're trying to build a maze against someone else. Right. I think I think, I think young kids. And I think that's a bit of the beauty of this game. Because like you said, a young kid probably isn't going to get all the strategy of this. But an eight-year-old can definitely sit in front of this game and just have fun like putting the walls down and blocking their friend. Yeah. And then you can have people who are, I'd say most of the people in our community of people who play board games together are pretty high level board gamers and i think right. most of them would sit down and still play this game and be like oh yeah that was interesting even if right. it's below the level of strategy they would normally play at so and i think it has a wide range that way that's really amazing for a game to be flexible enough to have somebody who's like you know if you remember from the uh the re-ranking episode apple brought her highbrow quote unquote right somebody i mean she was partially joking uh with that like <laughs> idea right but like i think yeah. there's something to that point though like some games just some game player like i mean francis mentioned it yesterday right like or not yesterday but uh last week on last week's episode uh some games some people just aren't gonna play they're like oh yeah like i'm not gonna spend time with that game because like that's not what i'm looking for in a game right uh and this one i feel like we could convince people who might normally say something like that they would still probably play it, I would, I think. At least maybe more so than like another one of its caliber, as we've said. I think uh, even like someone crazy. like Francis would probably be one of your higher barrier people to pick up and play this game. Yep. And I think you could probably convince Francis to play at least a game of this. And I think he would say at the end of it, like, oh yeah, that's interesting. 
not for me, but that was an interesting game to play. Yeah, like he would still find it positive. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Deco, how do you what do you think? Are you similarly aged here, or do you think it's maybe like I don't know. I'm I'm want, I'm wanting to say that we could go older with it. I don't I don't know. So first first thing I gotta say is I, I caught that Rudy. You just called us old. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> All right. Second, I don't know. Like, I feel like a kid. I think you're right about interest. I don't think I would have been interested in playing this game until I was a lot older. Okay. It doesn't look like it's not colorful. It doesn't look like. It doesn't look like what are what are the really? It doesn't look like. Um, guess who? Right. It doesn't sure. look like colorful faces, physical moving of stuff up and down. Yeah, it doesn't pop. quite have that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say, unless you have some like a kid who actually shows interest in this, the age should maybe be higher. Like I don't just for I the sake of having show. them have a good time. Yeah, I don't. I don't think a, I don't think an eight year old would have a good time with this game. But I don't know very many eight year olds, so it's hard. Sure, to, sure, sure. Say. I feel like if you could get them past that barrier, maybe there's. I think I'm right in the center now, uh, based on what you said. So I think because I like, guess who is like it sells itself, right? The art, the whatever yeah. is like kind of uh, easier to sell to a kid probably because they'll be like oh that's cool that looks like that looks fun it's appealing whatever and i mean adults are that way too who are we kidding right people play games they're like like interested in thematically and that look nice um and yeah i feel like this one looks like the you know it looks like chess or it's very you know, minimalist it's, it's minimal yeah design, it doesn't look yeah. very flashy right which i think is a that's a positive for me because i like things like neftoffel looks very muted and very dull uh and it's g- great in spite of how it looks. And I think this one has that similar thing, right? Like it looks dull, it looks boring, but it's great in spite of that. Um, whereas some look dull and are, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you can get them past that, it looks dull. I think you could maybe have somebody who's, but you like, depends on the kid. I think like you said, decoy, it probably matters who they, who the eight year old is more so than the generic eight year old or, or, or fill in the blank on the number there. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, do you guys have your guesses prepared? Yes. Generally. Who wants to go first? <laughs> I guess I can give it a shot. My... Um, I'll do my um, my spread, or do you want to just go for it? I'll just go for it. I'm going right. to go with... Ooh. This is, he's One... guessing the weight again, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm guessing the weight. <laughs> oh, this is rough. Uh oh. Well, yeah, you should actually do this. You should actually do the spread because I'm looking at the the sheet now. So oh yeah, the spread. Okay, okay, my, yeah. My, so my general, yeah, good, good. <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel yeah. Okay, so here's the uh, the spread uh, for our listeners, just to kind of keep them on pace with us. So, um, a heaviest game we've covered so far. That's go. It's basically four. Uh, it's a three point nine four. I mean, we're you know we're not mathematicians here. We could probably round that up. Um, so it's right at medium heavy, quote unquote. Right. Uh, brass. We talked about that one last week. That's a three point eight nine. Uh, so those are our two uh, heaviest, as it were. Uh, lowest still, Kerplunk at a 1.04, Ink and Gold at a 1.11. Um, and to speak to Mousetrap and Guess Who, which we just talked about uh, on this episode, those are also both 1.11 for, you know, just uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, right in the center of our list so far is something like Fort Dominion, Catan, maybe that range. That's like medium low on the two range, like two, 2.3, somewhere in there, uh, just in terms of the games that we've talked about and uh, how heavy they are. So yeah, Deco, what are you thinking? So I was going to put this somewhere and then I looked at the list and I'm seeing a little cluster here, Monopoly 1.6, 
Mm-hmm. Moncala, 1.61. Chinese mm-hmm. Checkers, 1.61. Trivial Pursuit, 1.64. Checkers, 1.74. And it's right. right in there somewhere. So I'm going to go between oh, okay. Checkers and Trivial Pursuit. So like 1.7. Ah, interesting. Okay. All right. Uh, so notably for our listeners, Monopoly, our first episode, that's a 1.6, like you said. Uh, okay. So right. So more than Monopoly. All right. Um, at least in terms of uh, that little range, those are all pretty close. Uh, yeah. Rudy, what would you say? Okay. For I our, was thinking 1.7 in my head. So now I have to read. No way. What did, what did you, what did you say checkers was? Uh, checkers is 1.74. Okay, because I could see this going either way from Checkers. Because I yeah, think that's what I was thinking too. There's the community behind it that plays Checkers enough for mm-hmm. them to maybe overestimate isn't the right word, but like say it's worth a bit more than it is. Sure. That this doesn't have. But I think there actually is more depth to this game than there is in Checkers. Ooh, okay, okay. So, so what was checkers? Sorry. So checkers is that's fine. One point seven four. Yep. So to give you 1. another, uh, the, our next two games just on the list. So Stratego is our next heaviest, one point eight five, and then Backgammon, which Decoy was just talking about, two point zero one. Just if, in case okay. that matters for, because like, now that I'm thinking about it, well, I know the answer, but now that I'm thinking about it, because we <laughs> talked about Backgammon, I'm curious if we should maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. I. Yeah, I don't know. I I think that this has more depth than checkers. So I'm okay. gonna say one point eight, but I have a feeling that BGT is actually gonna rate it lower. Ah, okay. All right. Um are you ready to hear? Yeah. I, now now I'm like, this is gonna be really low, isn't it? Something <laughs> like that. I mean uh well so so thematically speaking, mousetrap one point one one, you're building the maze that kills you. So I mean and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, Mousetrap might be harder to understand because you got to like build that thing. It takes like fucking tools. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is hands and fingers is all you need. You don't need like a screwdriver. <laughs> anyway, like strategically, you're going to understand Mousetrap, but you might actually okay. fail at playing Mousetrap before you fail at playing <laughs> Corridor. <laughs> See, I think, yeah, there you go. So we got to give that at least we got to bump that a little bit more anyway. Um, <laughs> so this one uh, is a one point eight five, oh, which is exactly Stratego, Stratego. Yeah, exactly Stratego. Yeah. What do you guys uh, think? I'm actually well, surprised. I was expecting uh, the the masses of BGG users to rank this a little bit lower. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's about right. Anything that's within a tenth of a point, it's really yeah. hard to. It's pretty close. It's really hard to say like that, that that it's right or wrong. It seems just seems about right, especially yeah. because like, when you're comparing these games to each other, it's going to be different communities be, like voting in different ways. So mm-hmm. there, there's right. a little little margin of error in there built in. I think I think that's pretty well right though. Like I put one point yeah. eight five. I think is a pretty good spot to put it. I think I was just expecting people to give it a bit less merit than that. Okay, um, so here's my thinking in question. Stratego, to me, seems like it might have a similar sort of branching, uh, like, decision tree, maybe, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, so we talked, like, at the beginning of the game for Stratego, it's, it can't be 
perfect information uh, or solved, excuse me, it can't be solved because you can either move one of three directions because you can't move backwards on the back line, or you can place one tile on any one of any 90 place configurations on the board, right? Like it's impossible to, to calculate yeah. or whatever. Stratego has that similar thing. And I remember like specifically talking about that with bot on that episode, like within the first, th before you even start the game, you have 40 decisions to make, or maybe even more <laughs> depending on where, because you have 40 things to place in your area. And it's yep. the imperfect information game because, you know, you don't know anything about the other person's pieces. And like that many decisions and possibilities can be like mind numbing for a game that's only 1.85 in weight. Like to me, I feel like Stratego is way, way heavier than something like Corridor. It seems so simple. Like, sure, there's a ton of decisions you can make, but like, you know, you could also just move forward. And that's pretty simple, right? Like it, you don't have to be like, oh, shit, where do I put my uh, flag? Where do I put all the bombs? Where do I put all these pieces? Like that's so... Like it branches quickly into like mind, like analysis paralysis area. And I don't know that I've ever felt AP in corridor like once. And like the entry level is so much easier. You know what I mean? Like to me, yeah. I'm a little bit like, whoa, it's the same as Stratego? No way. Right. They're, they're coming from exact opposite places. So the yeah. game, the game corridor takes place largely in your head. You have to think, think ahead, right? Think about right. what you're going to do and what order you're going to do things and what your opponent's going to do and what you do in case they move left or right or don't move at all and place a corridor. Right. Stratega is the exact opposite. All the, the complexity of that game is where you place your tiles, I think. Like where you place your guys and in what orientation. And then once right. you're done with that, that spot, because there's no setup in corridor, you just have your pawns and you go. Right, yeah. And in Stratego, most of the hard part is like setting your board up. And after right. that, that kind of like plays itself. Like you put your bombs in a certain place and you can't move them. Right. And the whole point is just scouting your enemies. You just move, move people, move, move soldiers up until you find the right thing. You trade. Yeah. Wasn't a bit of your conversation on Stratego mm -hmm. how you kind of just want to set up the board, have someone play yes. the entire middle of the game yes. and then get the last few rounds in? Yeah, that's yes. exactly my wish, right? Like the yeah. game to me is setup and end game. The stuff in the middle is like, eh. Like, <laughs> is, is that like, was that when I brought up auto chess? I think that's when uh, I brought up auto chess. I, that sounds familiar now that you're saying that. Yeah, Rudy, good call because I do remember that now that you said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so essentially, these games are are rated at equal equal weight, except they play exactly opposite. So different. Really yeah. Interesting. Maybe that's what it is. Like they the the gameplay style complexity increases maybe with corridor and decreases with stratego so it's like mm -hmm. the strategies at the front for stratego yep. more so than the back and the strategy yeah. for corridor is more so at the back than the front yep. that's oh that's so interesting they're like inverses of one another and they're one's perfect one's imperfect it's crazy yep. that they're the same oh man <laughs> that leads us to a very important discussion gentlemen um and that is where we put this on our ranking of uh, 26 now uh, games that we've talked about. Um, Rudy, I just DM'd you. Uh, slid into those DMs nice and easy. Uh, our current list so that you can just reference it because uh, it's nice to be able to look at it. And Decoy already has one because he's shared with a, like a shared doc that we have. Yeah. Um, I already have opinions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody <laughs> exactly. does. Um, so my first thing I always like to ask before we start is uh, anybody who's new to the list or new to the games we've talked about, um, just your initial thoughts on what you see, what you think we did right, what you're surprised by, what you think we did wrong, what you want to fight us over that just strikes you. Um, well, we're going to go all the way back to last week. 
And I'm going to say that Brash should not be at the top of this list. Oh, Um, dude. And that is a hot take because I know. Burn, decoy, because I agree with you. Burn. (laughs) What it comes down to is. (laughs) (laughs) What it comes down to is I care a lot about theme and visual style in my games. Mm -hmm. And I I will play any game. I love a good Euro. Um, Mm -hmm. Definitely Euros are not my favorite as far as board games go so it already kind of has a ding for that and then the theming behind brass just doesn't do much for me at all right so like the next three games in your list dominion fort wingspan i would gladly play any of those ahead of uh brass but i realize that that is a hot take i think brass is a good game don't come kill me but um (laughs) i don't think i think it is overhyped and that is an unpopular opinion. Ah, touche. Yeah, so with that episode hasn't come out. So, uh, <laughs> like, pull back the curtain a bit for you. On that episode, uh, Francis was very much of the opinion that Brass was number one and that there was a massive chasm between it and Dominion, which is what's <laughs> number two. And Decoy didn't believe, at least Decoy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll let you, can let you speak for yourself on this one, too. Uh, to my recollection, Dominion was number two, but even should be lower. And Brass should be number one, but there wasn't as big of a chasm, if I'm remembering your thoughts. Because um, he didn't want it to be number one also, and I was the loner who was like, I don't want it to be number one. But then, like, yeah, they, they talked well, me into it, and I do love it, so I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, it, we yeah. agreed that it was number one, kind of. But I was the dissenting opinion. <laughs> I think Francis just had a, a huge problem with this this whole list, because he doesn't like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He doesn't like Dominion, doesn't like Wingspan, but he actually does like Fort. And he, loves and he does like Wonderland's War, War right? So he thought Wonderland's War should be at the top. It's five. So he was just like, screw this whole list. I don't like any of it at all. Just put grass <laughs> on top. Right. He disagrees with the premise of the list. Everybody that's going to come on is going to have a different opinion. The next person yep. who comes on might have yep. the exact opposite opinion of, of you, Rudy. And <laughs> it's yeah, pretty crazy. And to, like, to I feel like we've been talking very, very highly of, um, not to bring it back to the point, but we've been talking very, very highly of Corridor. And mm-hmm, we have. I think if you, if we were to put, I'm not saying it deserves to be at the top at all, but if right. you were to put Corridor at the top of this list, list, and then you came back to this in three weeks, you'd be like, what game is that again? Um, <laughs> almost. So, like, I think opinions kind of change week to week, too. That's yeah. the beauty of the show, right? Is that, uh, like, it's objective each instance that we do it. And then after that, it's still objective, but it was only objective in the past. You know, like it's it's yeah. it's the per- it's the perfect like circle of insanity and also complete clarity. That makes I love, love it. I love lists <laughs> that don't have rules as to why things go in certain places either. Yes, I think it's yes. so beautifully chaotic. So well, that's this. That's this. Yep. Yeah. Well, no yep. Rules. We're just we're just welcome to anarchy and chaos, one. baby. So here is my five reasons why it should go to the top of the list corridor. Oh shit! All right, bring no, it. no, I'm not <laughs> gonna push for that. But I feel like I feel like I could argue that this goes on the top half. Ooh, okay, yeah, that's certainly. a good place to start. Deco, yeah, you agree? Top half. Yeah, top half. I, I can um, say, where are we at? So this is so thirteen is Mancala, Stratego's fourteen. Let's start at Stratego because we were just talking about it. I think because I agree, it's in the top half. Um. The trick with the top half, though, is that Prochisi is no longer in the top half, um, and That's it's tough. Problem. It's tough for me, and I've said this before. It's <laughs> tough for me to put a game 
that means like I don't like games if I don't have Percheesy, right? So it's tough for me to put a game I just learned. I mean, the nostalgia of Percheesy is high. It's weird though, because the nostalgia of Corridor is also high because I I learned it in a very specific way because I was on a trip to Quebec in Quebec City and just so happened like I was with my wife and it was just us two and we were also like kind of burning time because we don't want to walk very far to our like back to our Airbnb and then go all the way back to dinner because we were next to the dinner spot and we had walked like 12 miles that day or something and then we happened to find this like nice little cafe that had like some like wine and some beer and some coffee and some like food and also this just little game corner like you know what I mean like that is very clear and distinct in my mind also. So I'm going to have nostalgia for that moment for the rest of my life. But like I had it at age 30, not at age like eight. You, you see what I mean? So it's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to weigh those two. Uh, and like, I think Percheesy should be higher. I've said it before. I'm not going to like, you know, not say that again. Um, but it's weird to me because I'm, I agree with you guys. It should be higher. I think top half. And I want to pull Percheesy up with it. Um, but anyway. Nope. You already got your one. <laughs> You, you used it on Nevitoffel. Nefetop. yeah, I yeah. let you have one. Yeah. That was actually a mistake. I should have let you have zero. Nevitoffel but... should be above chest just in. <clears throat> but okay, oh, that's for, that's uh, for next. Nefetop. That's for the end of the season. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nevitoffel should we re-rank this again. I'm dropping it. Oh, no, no. We got to play it again before we re-rank it. I'll say that. But that's for another time. All right, um, fine. I'll play it again. So Stratego-wise, I think I want to have Corridor and play it. And I like that it's more than just two players. Um, I can see the 1.85 and the merits between the two and how they, like, I like that, that realization that we had together with Stratego, but I think I want to put it above. Uh, I think it's a better designed game and I think it's more fun and more, for more people, I think more people will find corridor more enjoyable than they would Stratego. I think Stratego is a little yeah. more niche compared to the two. Stratego I also has that for a lot of people, myself included, it's got the nostalgia thing going on. Right, I yeah. I played that game growing up. Same with right. you and Parcheesi. So yeah, same that, with uh, Rudy and Cordo, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it, it'll be in, in any of our very personal specific lists or our own favorites are going to be higher maybe than, than other stuff that maybe should be ahead of it. So Stratego's right. there for me, but I fully understand that Stratego's not that great. Like it's good and it's fun to pull out every now and again. And if someone hasn't played it, and they're interested, I'd absolutely fun to play teach it with anybody. It's fun right. to teach. And it's, you know, it's kind of got, got some cool gotcha moments where mm -hmm. you put bombs blocking Randomly. your two exits. And <laughs> right. I do that all like, the time. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you put your flag all the way in the front and then yep. they're searching for it in the back. So there's, there's like fun little things. Yep. But after a while, maybe similar to Corridor, there's just not enough stuff to do. Like you kind of figure out your strategy, figure out who you're playing against, and then. That's kind of just it. Like, you don't need to play it anymore. Yeah. Um, for me, the sweet spot for this game is going to be somewhere in the Moncala to Ink and Gold range. So 13 to okay. 11. Okay. And I think you could slot this game in anywhere in there. Like, there's benefits and drawbacks and pluses and minuses for any of those three. I don't think it goes above Catan. I was about to say, you got to defend that then, because I don't really like Catan, don't actively don't want to play it, and I would love would love to play Corridor right now. So like, what? Yeah, so why so do you funny. think not Catan? Um. <laughs> and then, Rudy, you can defend or not Catan. I don't know your thoughts on Catan at all, so this should yeah. be interesting. I feel like I'm the only person who is okay with playing Catan right now. <laughs> and that's probably because I just have not played it that much. I've played Catan I mean, I haven't, five times. Yeah, I haven't played it in ages, but 
Yeah. Yeah, Brady, what do you think? Well, when we were talking at the start, I think I mentioned uh, Catan was definitely like my gateway game. Gateway game, right. I like got into like actual capital B, capital G board games. Right. Um, But I'm I'm sorry to say, Decoy, I Uh would play Catan. I played Catan um, December, which I guess is a while ago now. But uh, I played a game with some, like, I was uh, with some friends over the holidays, and uh, I played a game of Catan, and it was fine. Right. It's a good it's a good game for what it does, where it brings a whole lot of people into the board gaming space, and I think mm-hmm. board gamers are indebted to Catan for that. Yes. But I think as far as a game goes, um, people give it a bit too much credit. And this is probably just because I haven't played it enough. Like maybe so then, some, yeah. There's there's some games that you play one or two times for the experience. There's some games you play for years, and then there's some games you should play like ten times. And I think whatever number that is, it's actually pretty low for Catan, and I haven't reached that number yet. Okay. The the problem is like there's people who've played it a hundred times and hate it because they played it a hundred times. Maybe that's yeah. I was about to say so like because Decoy is a famous root uh, retiree, and I feel like. I remember you saying uh, recently about Dominion that you thought, I think it was on the brass episode, you thought that Dominion was ranked too high now and that you sort of, I don't want to say it bounced off of it, but it's like, you, I think you remember saying, I played that game too much. Yes, I've played that game enough. I think yeah. I don't need to play Dominion anymore. It is taking so me a famous retirement of games. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I'm just ready to move on to the next thing. To the next like, thing, I, right. I, I do strongly believe that that board games have like a cap. And once you hit the cap, you get diminishing returns after that. Right. Know, the cap's going to be different for everybody. And I haven't reached the cap with Catan, interestingly enough, because I just didn't play it very much. Yeah. So here's but what I'm thinking. I have kind of reached it for all these other little games. Like, I don't need to play Stratego anymore. I don't need to play Moncala anymore. I don't need to play Scrabble anymore. But I will ca- occasionally play. It might be fun. Like, sure. Every like, every, it's not every once in a while or every other year or something. Like, mm-hmm. But it's like a specific instance, like Thanksgiving, family's over. They all don't know anything, and it's five of us or whatever. So we'll make up. We'll like two players will play with one piece of Scrabble. Like, yeah, I can see that. So, how many times do you think most people will play Corridor? I was about to, yeah. So, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I think it should go ahead of Catan. Ready? Yeah. So, I think historically speaking, Catan is more important and should go higher because of that. But, like, I find that. When people can come together and have a game experience and it can happen for more people who are maybe outside of the, the like cool kids club, so to speak, of like, oh, this one's really cool and whatever. But it's like you kind of have to have played some other games first to sort of like be able to pick up on this one quicker. Catan sort of has that threshold of uh, like, oh, it's it's heavy and it's Catan. Oh, it's like the nerdy. Oh, you must like board games. Like that sort of has that like baggage with it. And this one is outside of that, uh, like umbrella and potentially I think can reach people who maybe are like us or maybe just, I'll speak for myself now who were like me before we found a game like Rudy mentioned with Catan or like me with risk or some of the other heavy ones or like rude or whatever that sort of, help me understand, oh, I actually do kind of like this under-the-umbrella type of game that I didn't realize I would have liked before. And I feel like Corridor maybe can have people replay it 
enough times and like start to be like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. I didn't know that I could have this much fun playing a board game. I thought I was just going to be rolling dice and moving around a board like Monopoly or whatever, right? And I'd like, I think that's a really valuable thing. And I don't know that there's anything else exactly like how Corridor does it. I don't know if that just makes sense. Something, just because something is unique doesn't automatically make it good. No, but this one is unique and good. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, it just, I don't think it has as many plays as Catan has in it. However many plays that that actually is. Hmm. So let me ask this follow-up. Should, it, could this game be for everyone? Should everyone have this and should everyone touch it? Should everyone play it? Everyone. Maybe. Like, maybe. I wouldn't. Would... I wouldn't say. That. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that everyone should play Catan, in my opinion. See, same. Um, yeah. But I think I everyone think... could and maybe should play this one. That's that's what I was getting at. Yeah. I don't think my mother would enjoy Corridor. No. The Domino's Queen. Yeah, she likes that game. Yeah. She's also played that game for twenty years. Oh wait, however, oh, however old I am, like she's played it yeah. for at least that long. And she learned that a long time ago. This yeah. is kind of like way different. Like very, very, very different. Hmm. Rudy, what do you think? Um, I my two points against Catan in comparison to this is I think, like we discussed, this is more efficient in mm-hmm. its experience of fun. Mm-hmm. Where I think you actually probably do get more games out of Corridor. You probably just get less time because Catan is like a two hour game. Right. And this is like a 15 minute game. So you probably <laughs> spend less time playing Corridor before you are done with it, but you mm-hmm. probably play more actual games. And interesting. I find Catan almost in the same light as Backgammon, where it's almost becomes unpalatable if you have a bad experience with it, because if the dice yep. just decide to not work in your favor, Dude, you can kind of lose for no reason. Yep. And then that brings us back to like the level one and level two type of fun. Like when you have that negative experience with a game, but you can't see like something cool or something neat, like it was something that was really just entirely out of your control and wasn't another player doing something cool. Yeah, it was RNG. (laughs) It kind of leaves you with that bad taste in your mouth. Like it doesn't, it doesn't turn into a good experience after the fact. And I feel like that's why so many people bounce off Catan, and I don't think you're going to have that in Corridor. See? All right, Decoy, you're okay, going to have to... Con- yes! <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying... Scythe, no, I, I don't... No. I, I am in agreement. I, I don't like Scythe as far as I don't as like Scythe goes, either. But I think it's... Scythe is leagues better of a game than Catan is. Same. Yeah. Same. You, you can yeah, have a good... I can see that. Like... Scythe, Scythe has issues once you get too far into it. Like, for a single play, it's perfectly fine. Like, before you've optimized anything, before you fully know everything that's going on, you can play that game several times and just have fun with it. Right. It's, it's, a, it's fine for that. That's... Ah, uh, see? So, I mean, you know, RNG doesn't really... Like, there's no dice in Corridor. There's dice in... Like, I'm just saying, you know, like... <laughs> Dice aren't automatically bad. No, no, it's not. But I, dude, yeah, I think. So I kind of, I don't know if I want Catan to fall lower, but um, we'll talk about re-ranking stuff later. But yeah, like maybe Scythe should be a little higher. I think Catan should be maybe a little lower. 
I do think Corridor, though, is in – we said in the top half, it's that will be number 10 if we put it above Catan and below Scythe. I think that's a nice spot for it because it's leagues better than something like, for example, at least in my opinion, uh, you know, Chinese checkers or regular checkers or, um, you know, dominoes unless you have the connection to it like Decoy has or Parcheesi unless you have my connection to it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. – I think objectively it leagues a better, a leagues above. Um to the point where it can actually be in the conversation with capital BG games, I think. Cause like Rudy said, and I think Dequay maybe mentioned it too, you could probably convince some quote unquote heavy duty BG gamers to play something like this. Yeah. And I, could could we convince them to play like Scrabble? Uh, they'd have to probably love Scrabble no, to play it, right? Yeah, like you see, you see what I mean? And yeah. you're probably not convincing any of them to play Catan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to. All right, I'm gonna put put out Let's a go. see if anybody actually wants to play Catan. I'm curious. I'm I'm not actually intending to play it. Just right. as a hypothetical, <laughs> I swear there's gonna be a few people who say yes. There's gonna if if I ask the question, there'd be enough people that said yes to actually get a game of it. I'm pretty sure. Here's here's my follow up to that, and I think this would be the ultimate test. Does anybody say yes who doesn't already love the game and like want to play it? without you saying like you know like sometimes you're like i'll play something what are you guys feeling and if you were like hey me too how about Catan? they would have to be the kind of person who's like oh i love Catan. i haven't played it in ages i have been wanting to play it again i'd love to play it i think it has to be just that person it might also be the person like me who has not played it like very much and would like to have more of that experience to figure out why everyone hates it all right so bring report back when uh when you know the answer because it's not gonna be me (laughs) We're going to do that. I know it's not going to be you. I'm going to think long and hard about doing this and then not actually do it. I don't actually think. The, the, issue, the issue is like, I know Catan is Catan. Right. But if you're going to get people together, there are better games you can play than Catan. So why not just play those? See? Right. And yeah. if and speaking but, to that point, four players, we could play Catan for two hours or we could play Corridor and then another game for two hours. And it's about the same amount of time. Like yeah, that's, we could, you know, we that's pretty do, good. Yeah, we do Catan, or we could play Corridor and Ink and Gold a few times, and you know Red Dragon Inn and Hokkaido. Right, and that yeah, is like, a way superior board game night than the oh, night where you yeah. just play Catan. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet, a.k.a. Squid. And by me, Ray, a.k.a. Decoy. Music by Pixabay.com.